You're listening to Jewish Matters with Rabbi Jonathan Feldman. Okay, good evening, everyone. This is a Passover podcast number one on the Jewish Matters podcast. And Passover has a lot of moving parts to it. And sometimes it seems overwhelming, the cleaning, getting ready for the Seder, uh, lots to do. So let's break it down. Let's look at the different parts. Let's see what it means. And most importantly, what we're supposed to be experiencing, what, uh, what it's supposed to do for us, how it's supposed to be a meaningful experience. So the first principle is that the Jewish holidays are not just a commemoration of an exodus that happened 3,300 years ago. The Jewish holidays are an opportunity for us to reconnect to that experience. We believe that every year at this time of year, that energy is there. The freedom energy of Passover is here with us now or will be with us on Saturday night. And we can tap into that and it can be a powerful transformative experience. And where do we learn that from? From the Haggadah itself. It says in the Haggadah, every person is obligated to see themselves as if they had left Egypt. We're not commemorating. We are re-experiencing the Exodus experience. That's what it's all about. So let's jump in. How do we do that? So first of all, we're told that you're supposed to start preparing 30 days before Passover. Okay, so it's three days. Uh, We're still ahead of the game. Uh, the Shabbat before, which is this Shabbat, is called Shabbat HaGodol, the great Shabbat, the Shabbat when they started preparing, preparing the Passover lamb. And then uh, the night before Passover, which will be this year, two nights before, Thursday night, we search for chametz. We go around our house with a candle, or in our case, a flashlight, looking for any bread. Why bread? We'll get to that in a sec. Then uh, the day before, we burn our chametz, which this year will be two days before, because the day before Passover is Shabbat. This year is different than all other years, because we need to get all our preparations done two days before, on Friday. And then we come to this question of why are we cleaning? Why are we getting rid of our chametz, our leavened products? And we'll see what the definition of that is. And why are we eating only matzah for Passover? So what is the definition of leavening? Leavening is anything where you mix wheat products with water and let it sit for more than 18 minutes and it starts to rise. So who cares? So it rises. What difference does that make? So like all the mitzvot, there's a meaning behind it. And the meaning behind it is, the rabbis tell us that Passover, we're supposed to learn a lesson. Matzah is simple bread, flour, and water. We're supposed to get back to basics. We're supposed to simplify our lives, and especially internally. Chametz represents ego. It represents things that are inflated. And so sometimes we get too self-inflated, we get too self-absorbed. And matzvah is the simple bread, right? So as we eat the matzah, we're supposed to remember. And part of the theme of matzah remembering the slavery is Uh, to teach us humility. Remember, don't think we're so great because our ancestors started off pretty bad. That's what the Talmud says. We start off talking about how bad things were, not to self-pity ourselves, but to show gratitude to the Almighty, to have some humility over who we are, and to put things in perspective. 
So chametz and matzah is supposed to teach us that. And uh, matzah itself, we're going to see there are two themes. Um, there's a theme of the bread of affliction. That's what we're going to say at the beginning of the Seder. This is the bread of affliction uh, that slaves eat simple wafers, dry bread, uh, no richness and fullness to it. And uh, we're supposed to remember how we were in a difficult situation. And by the end of the Seder, it's the bread of freedom. It didn't have time to rise. And we see that the first theme is there as well, because in Egypt, before they left, they were eating matzah for that first Seder. Why? Because uh, they were experiencing the slavery. But then a few days later, uh, as they were traveling in the desert, after they had left, or the next day, uh, they grabbed their dough, which they had made the night before. It bounced around so it didn't rise. They baked it in the desert. And this is the bread of quickness, how quickly we were saved, that the Jewish people left immediately. Why didn't they have provisions? Why hadn't their bread risen? Because uh, at those times, people would make bread the night before. It would rise a little bit. And then they'd bake it in the morning. So here, Paro said to them, get out right away. Don't wait. So they had to grab their dough and leave immediately. And so it's a message for us. There's an idea of don't let your mitzvot become chametz. Whenever you have a good act to do, visiting someone in the hospital, calling that person that hasn't heard from me in a while, giving charity, don't let it sit. Don't let it wait. Because we all have procrastinated. We've all had the situations of the things we know we should do. They're on our to-do list, but we just keep putting it off. So like uh, being efficient in work is getting to the important things first. Being efficient in our spiritual lives, getting to the important things, go right away. That's another message of the matzah, that we go right to it. Now, when we make sure that our bread doesn't rise, it means that once the water hits the flour, you have to bake it within 18 minutes. And if you've ever been to a matzah baking, a couple of years ago was my first experience. People are going scrambling. They're grabbing the, the, the flour, rolling it. Everything is done quickly. Flattening it, uh, throwing it in the oven. It's all done very, very quickly. And so um, it teaches us once again that alacrity to do things quickly and efficiently and get right to the important things and don't let them sit. And so uh, any products that did sit more than that, what do we do? So we're supposed to get rid of them, supposed to not see them and not have them and certainly not eat them over Passover. So the custom is to uh, take away, to separate all of our grain products, to sell them. You can sell them through a rabbi to a non-Jewish person you can divest of them for the Pesach. You don't have to pour your uh, single malt scotch collection down the drain. And it's a real serious sale because you put your address, you let them know where the keys are. Uh, one synagogue, Rabbi Riskin, used to send the maintenance person of the synagogue to the president's home during the Seder. He'd knock on the door, say, excuse me. Um, oh, hi, you know, Joe, what are you doing here tonight? He said, well, I came to check up on my chametz, which I bought. And he'd ask for the liquor cabinet. He'd go over to it, take a shot, and walk out, uh, driving home the fact that 
this chametz is really being sold uh, to the whole congregation. Of course, the next morning, the president would talk about it in the synagogue. Guess what happened last night? And they took it seriously. Okay. So beyond getting rid of our chametz, we also uh, get rid of it out of anything we're going to eat. We buy kosher for Passover products. And you know, in the supermarkets, they have like the borscht and the uh, matzah meal and that stuff, right? So you don't have to have that food, but uh, whatever you like, but no grain products. And pr- uh, manufactured food, produced food should be kosher for Passover. And then we turn over our kitchen. So we actually re-kosher our kitchens to meet the standards of kosher for Passover, no leavened products. And it is a lot of work. Some people then, we're all supposed to clean anywhere where you might have uh, left a candy bar in your jacket or in your briefcase, uh, crumbs under the couch. We're supposed to clean now. People go crazy and they get very anxious. And I tell them, look, if you want to make your Passover cleaning, spring cleaning, you can do it. And you can probably make yourself crazy because there's so much else to do, cooking for the Seder, shopping, etc. But really what you need to do is the places where you might have eaten food, that's where you have to clean. So if you know that, you know, the top shelves of your office uh, cabinet have no food, have never had food in them, you don't have to take everything out and clean it and turn it upside down. So those are the parameters. And, um, but why do we go so crazy? So there are two principles about chametz. One is the Torah said that says it's a really serious thing to be eating bread, drinking beer, eating pasta on the eight days outside of Israel, seven days in Israel of Passover. It's a national experience that we do together. It's part of remembering our freedom experience. It's a time for personal transformation and looking at myself and looking at my ego and trying to divest of that, trying to get back to simplicity and basics. So we go through that process. It's serious business. And so the Torah says it's serious business to be eating those products as well, which give us that message of what it's all about. And by the way, the, 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 um, the uh, checking for chametz, the searching for chametz on Thursday night with the candle is also a metaphor. It's a metaphor based on a verse in the Psalms that says uh, that the light of God is the soul of man and God searches out our innards, our inner core to see what our true intentions and what our true humility is. So it's a time for taking stock, time for looking at ourselves and we want that to be taken seriously. So whereas the rest of the year, if you splatter a few drops of milk into your big cholent pot, if it's less than 1 60th, that milk is nullified. On Passover, even a crumb of chametz into a pot invalidates the whole thing. And once again, it's a message to show us um, how powerful the holiday is, how the message is supposed to be an important one, and how we're supposed to look carefully, uh, not just at the uh, physical state of our lives, but at the spiritual state of our lives to look deeper and to see the meaning behind the beauty of the holiday. And so the Seder is really uh, the culmination of this whole process of preparation, of introspection, of cleaning. If 
people say, yeah, you know, all the cleaning you do and all the cooking you do is uh, a re-experience of the slavery of Egypt. But it's really a cathartic experience. It's supposed to be an experience where we're divesting ourselves of our ego, of our um, sense of self-importance. And so we should all go through this process of personal introspection to try and see what things we can change. We're told that just like the Jewish people left so quickly from Egypt, normally in spiritual growth, you're supposed to go step by step. But we believe in Passover, you can break through boundaries. The word for Egypt, Mitzrayim, is the same word as Mitzarim, boundaries. And the Hametz represents our Yetzer Hara, our lower voice, the things that hold us back, the things that drag us down, the things that not make us believe in ourselves. And so we break through that out to freedom. We get rid of all these things which represent the negative sides of ourselves. And we should feel a freedom, a sense of purification, of uplifting. Springtime, we also feel that feeling of uplifting. All of nature is rejuvenating. And we, de- reach, we reach deep within ourselves to find that uh, spirit of rejuvenation and of, uh, of freedom that Passover can bring us. So have a meaningful Seder, have a beautiful Passover, and uh, you can tap into the other resources, uh, the video, which is a tutorial on how to run a Seder, our user-friendly Haggadah, which is fun and meaningful, and the next podcast, which will be about uh, the Seder itself and the themes in the order of the Seder. Have a Zisa Pesach, as we say, a sweet Passover and a meaningful one as well.